0: The final snap of Super Bowl forty-five, the Green Bay Packers have won the Super Bowl. The Lombardi Trophy is coming home.
2: What is up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Talk of the Tundra, your Green Bay Packers podcast for the Eurostep Podcast Network and the Blue Wire family. As always, I am your host Numak, and faithfully joining me once again is my co-host Jordan Tresky. Jordan, how are you doing, buddy?
1: Doing well, doing well, you know, we're we're feeling it out, it's the, almost the end of May, Memorial Day weekend, things are quiet out in the, the Midwest front, that's a play on the title, and bam! Big news happens.
2: <laughs> Before we get to the big news, I want to know your oh. Memorial Day plans. What are you doing uh, for the holiday? Um... <clears throat>
1: Rolling out, um, looking towards the sky and just saluting. <laughs> I shouldn't. I shouldn't. <laughs> <laughs> I shouldn't. I shouldn't see that.
2: That's uh, pretty disrespectful of me. Stolen valor. Um, not cool, Jordan. No,
1: no. I, I don't know. It's going to be weather dependent. Is also Memorial Day when you're kids? It's the big weekend that pools open. Yes. in your local community. So yes. when you're a kid, that is the best day of the year. It it's
2: also close to the end of school. If you're a now, adult, an... it's usually when Six Flags opens, really? Typically. I did not. Well, that makes make sense. To... Typically, yeah, yeah. It's, a, it's, a, it's about this time of year.
1: Yeah, but now as an adult, uh, the last thing I want to do is go to a pool with children running around and scare me.
2: Right.
1: So I don't know. I don't know. Maybe maybe watch some Brewers. What, what what are your Memorial Day?
2: Headed to the Northwoods. Mm. Head up to the Northwoods to go to the cabin. Sit on the lake. Drink some uh, ice-cold brews. But cans that just say the word beer on the side because no free ads. <laughs> <laughs> no, it should be good. You print them, them yourself. That's right. right? <laughs> <laughs> can never be pictured with a brand. You <laughs> gotta, gotta be paid to be in my hand. Yeah, generic <laughs> can and all. That's right. But... Uh, yeah, like you had uh, foreshadowed in your in your monologue there, big, big news coming out of Green Bay this week as the Green Bay Packers and, I guess, the Green Bay tourism industry, I think it Discover Green Bay is the, the, the group, um, landed the 2025 NFL draft. Just a monumental achievement for the Packers as an organization and the city in general. Um, we're going to get into all the ramifications that this brings with brings with it but i think the biggest thing that should be stated um to begin is mark murphy's life work as the packer ceo is or president and ceo has come to fruition like i think they talked about it in his press conference they talked about it just in on twitter and everything else but this is kind of the biggest nfl event that the packers can host as a city of green bay green bay size so It's gonna be awesome. There's already a lot of stuff in the works, but I guess we'll start with you first. Or what were your initial thoughts upon hearing the news break on a Tuesday? I think it was or Monday.
1: Um, it was very sudden because I I believe there were league. This obviously stemmed from a league meeting, Mm -hmm. and there was some news about prior to about San Francisco getting some. I forget the 2026 Super Bowl. I think it was. So it wasn't really. It wasn't really largely mentioned beforehand that, oh, we're going to announce the next side of the, or next side of the next draft that needed to get cited. Terrible way to say that, but you know what I was trying to get to. Um, Because next year is going to be in Detroit, and as we'll get into in just the long saga of Green Bay trying to get this, part of that was, part of my reaction was based on that because it had been talked about for such a long time. And especially coming out of the I say I hate to say coming out of the pandemic, but now we I think can officially say that. <laughs> I guess. I don't know. Still exists, everybody, it still exists. But given all the restrictions and just the last three years of trying to bid for an NFL draft and doing that when there's a global pandemic and yada yada yada, there's just a lot of things that you have to get into and you know, um, I don't know it's been a long time coming, and I frankly just it was a matter of like it felt like it was going to be when, but the more the longer you go on and on, and the fact that they've been pushing so hard as they have and it hadn't uh, broken their way yet, you kind of start to wonder well, if they get a draft, and uh, unequivocally, they're obviously getting one now.
2: <laughs> I, I agree with you there that it, it definitely was. In the past, like five years or so, it felt like when not like it's not if it's when, but then there was multiple years. I think it was sort of compounded by the fact that the Bucks weren't getting um, the All Star game for these last couple of years either. It just kind of felt like, man, like is it is Wisconsin just kind of not the the venue that these major league teams really or major league major leagues want to be coming for their marquee events like the All Star weekend or the draft or. Um, also, weekend for the MLB. Like obviously, Miller Park then got its own in 2002, if I'm not mistaken. Yep. Yep. Um, but that's the not tw- 20 years ago. So yeah. This will be like the really the first time that there's something been been something big like this in Wisconsin in almost two decades. So yeah, definitely cool that they actually got it, and I think that this is really the culmination of all of the work that Mark Murphy and the Packers have done to the the Packers sort of district, the Lambeau field, the tile town, um, lodge restaurant districts. Yeah. The, you I guess called call a district where they built a little play field and have hinterland and Tiletown brewing company and all of that to go with the development that they've spurred with the rest center and the expo center along with Holmgren way there on the, on the East side. They it just become sort of that destination that you can kind of do everything right there by Lambeau. And, it wasn't like that 15, 20 years ago. Like, I think I've I mentioned on the pod when we started. I grew up under the shadow of Lambeau Field. I, I was the last us on Brookwood Drive before um, they tore it all down behind Kmart. I remember going to get donuts at the bakery and people staying at the Red Roof Inn just next to that, and going into Kmart to get sodas out of the uh, the auto center. Like I, I grew up right there. And it's changed so much in the now 20 years since then that it's really cool to see it sort of blossom into what it's become for the Packers. But it's also, without a doubt, the biggest draw of now why they can host the, the draft there. 20 years ago, it, it, it happened in there. You're not putting the draft in the, in the parking lot of Kmart and big lots. <laughs>
1: yeah. I mean, I mean that's the other thing that doesn't happen without the draft starting to move from city to city. Mm -hmm. And essentially, I mean, this is what it will be It's it's like a tourism ad or pro. Yeah. I mean, like that, that's what, why you want to vie for something like this when, you know, you're not going to, um, in comparison to, the Super Bowl stadiums and all that stuff, right. it's largely like the same six stadiums that we end up seeing. It's uh, Miami, Tampa Bay, Houston's increasingly got Dallas. some Dallas, Arizona. New Orleans, Arizona. I guess I think that's 36, but
2: now, Indy. well, it's mostly all the dome stadiums, right? Like, it's yeah, uh,
0: it's, it's, Minnesota got
2: one too. It's the same rotation that gets, um, like the final fours now, like that's yes. the rotation of any metropolitan city that has a football or bigger stadium essentially
1: these magnets that's what that's what it is Um, and they have openly acknowledged that yeah we're probably never going to be able to host a Super Bowl for a lot of reasons outside of you know what the unpredictability it's not unpredictability it's very easy to predict that the Mm weather is gonna be pretty shitty Yep. When the Super Bowl cold. is going to be held? Yeah. And on top of everything else in terms of, like, as we'll get into with some, probably the reaction mm-hmm. in some corners, the infrastructure and all that stuff. So you're putting all your eggs in, like, hey, <laughs> let's host the draft for, it's not just a three-day weekend. It's going to be the lead, that whole week leading up to it and just trying to set up as good of an event as they can in the small city in the NFL and all of the major league or sports, sports. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So
2: and, and it's not even like to touch on that more. It's not even like, like a capacity issue. The Packers have the second largest stadium in the in the NFL, and like it's just it's it's Green Bay. The, the capacity of Lambeau Field is 81 eighty one thousand, and I think the like Green Bay Metro is like two fifty or something. So city itself is a hundred six something. Yeah, like it's which is crazy. You could fit all of almost you could. But most of Green Bay in Lambeau Field, which is mm-hmm. a crazy got a lot of standing room, but right. nothing that, nothing bad. And that's like talking, that like speaks to a lot of the geography of Green Bay too. Like Green Bay itself as a city is not very large; like the city limits aren't very big. But you yep. have Howard Samaco, Ashwaubenon, where I grew up, um, Howard Samaco, Ashwaubenon, De Pere, Bellevue, sort of all of the areas around Green Bay, like the the suburbs, quote unquote, of yep. Green Bay, that make up a big chunk of the the market in green bay essentially so um yeah it's, it's just cool and i think we can touch on some of the the highlights that they said the nfl will bring 94 million dollars in estimated economic impact like it's just an incredible incredible asset for the for green bay to get shown off like this and speaks to the come up that the packers have had on this um on this city it's been a long time since they've been bad enough to where the Packers were a detriment to the city back in the 70s and 80s, excuse me. And I think I put this on the pod too before is that a lot of business owners have successful, like pretty much ingrained roots in the city because of the Packers and the people that it brought to Green Bay. It's ridiculous how much of an impact this, this team has had in the city given its rich history obviously but even the economic impact like i don't know how many listeners have been up to green bay recently or been there in the last five years but if you go down oneida avenue or oneida street from where the which runs in between lambo field and the rest center and go south towards essentially south towards the mall all of that is getting to be new businesses and new just buildings replacing old ones that were old and run down and built in the nineties. Yeah. And it's, it's just cool to see that this is really spurred by the influx of people going there as well as just having the ability to sustain all these new businesses. Like it's funny to say, but like Chick-fil-A is in green Bay. Now Popeye's is in green Bay. Now that wasn't a thing when I was a kid and it's not like they weren't around. They just, people are realizing that there's people there, that there's a vibrant community of people that will go out to eat even though it's funny it say to go out to eat at Chick-fil-A or Popeyes but it's recognized as a destination there's just new businesses coming to Green Bay and I think it's a city on the come up as much as it is just a nice suburban family city for what it's worth
1: um, you mentioned 94 million dollar impact uh, estimated economic impact Yep, that's roughly six times more than the average home game sorry, like, those are eight days. Like, I know if we're getting down to brass tacks here, um, we're talking about three days of, like, the actual draft itself. Right. A week-long process. I'm sure there's going to be a lot of other things in the lead-up, to of just, like, ceremony, ribbon-cutting, blah, 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 little th- things like that That's obviously exist with, you know, stuff like this. Um but that that's pretty incredible that it could be that large of an impact yeah. and make such a footprint in this a matter of a week, yeah, really? yeah, you know I mean, and again, it's we're focused on the Green Bay aspect of it, obviously, mm-hmm. but it's gonna the tentacles of there are gonna trickle down to where we are in Milwaukee and stuff like that like it's similar to how. When um Whistling Straits had the Ryder Cup.
2: Yep. Or Westling ha- Straits had all of their PJ championships or anything like that. Aaron Hills had the US Open. Yes. Right? Any of those big yeah. big events.
1: And that like that stuff it doesn't it's not just in one city. It's it shoots all the way over. Right. And especially when it's planned out this far in advance, too. So it's gonna have some pretty big impact in that way. And I think to to your point too, like you mentioned all the businesses that are obviously gonna feel the positivity and effect like good effects of of having a like this. They're also invested in this. Like a lot of those players or uh, players, people and businesses and stuff like that. Like it's they're shareholders. They're yeah you know I mean like it it's can it's Packers all the stock and all that stuff is like it's gotten big to the point where the the Bandwidth it is beyond just the city itself, but like it's pretty ingrained, obviously within just you know the city limits or uh, surrounding areas too.
2: Right, and like I might be mistaken, but there's like obviously with the Packers being a publicly owned company, they have a a board of directors and they have you're right these these lists of people that given obviously it's a board directors. there's going to be it's going to be a quote unquote a good old boys club for what it's worth and it's going to be a bunch of rich people but it's rich people that have stake in the community like i had friends whose parents who's like one of their parents was on the board and it's just like he owned a prominent business in green bay and so they have uh, a purpose and a a real feeling and love of the team and how it can help the city and how it can actually help the surrounding communities to get all their businesses and big business, businesses involved in helping the local economy like sargento has been a like prominent packers sponsor for a very long time wisconsin-based company and it's just things like that that are really i guess it's obviously a mutual relationship between a big business and a big company or a big sports organization like the packers like obviously doesn't mean doesn't help the and its employees and everybody else involved in that operation and there's and that helps all the business owners like i remember it was kind of like goofy to think about but i don't know if you remember after in 20 i think it was 2014 when the when they had the replacement refs right oh the fail mary i think that was a couple years earlier Whenever i think it was between it was after the super bowl i think before 2014 whenever it was yeah um i think it was tom schmidt was the old mayor i believe was his name wrote a letter to the nfl and said hey like your games given that there are so few of them matter to a to a city like green bay a one loss difference in a seed could mean one less playoff game, which could mean X amount of money, not coming into our city and being the smallest city, we need it. And it's just like, yeah, those things matter. It's like this, the city relies on the Packers and it's really cool to see that this is another opportunity for not the Packers to quote unquote, give back. The Packers are getting plenty out of this, but it's yeah important that they're recognizing that this is that they teamed up with discover green Bay to get this bid across the finish line.
1: Yeah, that's the, that's where all the reporting, and there's been some really good work from Packers team website. Um, I'm going to butcher his name. Wes. Yep. Uh, West H. That, Wes H. Wes <laughs> H. <laughs> <laughs> um, had a brilliant roundup of a press conference that uh, Mark Murphy and the Packers and Discover Green Bay and um, did uh, Wednesday morning. They the uh, recording this uh, and it basically the bid really started to gain traction when Packers and Discover Green Bay came together in 2019. Mm-hmm. Packers, according to Mark Murphy, have been going at this since 2016. It's so roughly seven years. Um, but getting the tourism, what would you call it, organization?
2: Yeah.
1: Um involved in this really started to kind of, I don't know, put the pieces in, in a place where they could actually re- reasonably plan out how this would actually work and all this stuff and just luring, I'm sure it's, you know, like anything, it's, it's basically just boosters. Right. Continually just getting their name in with it. And I think even, um, I have a quote from, VP of marketing and fan engagement, Gabriella Dow. They're the first team to have driven the draft bid process with the league. Whatever that means,
2: but <laughs> I think um, it's like the probably I the Packers are the first team that the like the Packers wanted it to come to Green Bay, not the yeah, local tourism agency.
1: Exactly. Yeah, it's not like Kansas City or Detroit or right. whoever
2: is hosted the last Nashville, right? That kind of thing. Vegas.
1: Vegas. Yep.
2: Yeah. I think that's, it goes to, it it speaks a lot to how much the Packers actually care about the fans and care about, again, we talked about the city. Um, I, I was trying to make a transition there, but I'll leave it for later. It's, it's just cool. It's just, it's just so cool to have this for green Bay and hopefully green Bay kind of shines in the spotlight. Like it should. Um, green bay for all what it's worth i have mixed feeling towards it as a man who grew up there but for what it is it's a great football city it's a great football town and has a rich rich history for the game i think that's gonna be like one of the cooler parts just of this this draft experience is that this won't be a three-day event for for whoever attends it it's gonna be like a week-long thing for everybody because well, it, yeah, it, exactly. it has to be for how much you need to see and how much you need to take in within the Green Bay experience, like a, a field tour or going through the Hall of Fame, experiencing just like the, the bars around there. It's just, you kind of need to be there for a couple of days outside of just the draft. And I think like, it's going to be such a cool atmosphere. I can, I'm trying to picture where they're going to do it. And I kind of imagine them doing it on the East entrance where they're doing all the construction right now. And then um okay walking like up the stairs or doing something up those stairs then to grip get, get your hat and all that good stuff but there's that big parking lot that probably closed down on Ida and have that but then you have that street i think it's veterans memorial way that goes from if you're familiar with green bay from stadium view you have a straight yep. look at the east entrance and yep. there's a little I think it's like the Johnsonville pavilion or something where there's something like that. Yeah. That they can get food there. And there's all the like quote unquote seating where people can stand and you won't even have to have players out there that can come from the entrance of Lambeau and filter in that way coming out towards like the, the stage. So yeah, it's a really cool chance to just fill that block of people right outside the Key field and just let everybody see the, see the, uh, the draft. So it'll be really cool. It'll be really cool. I'm, Hoping I get to go, we'll see when it comes if I can if we can head up there together. But that um, would be fun. It would be fun. So, um, your point that, to go ahead. Go ahead sorry, nope, your go. point about
1: uh, we host the Packers podcast. We know what it's like. You lived in the city, I did not, but I yeah. have been to Green Bay plenty of times, seen games, all that stuff. What we take for granted, and I don't think I would. It's different when you live there and. Or live in surrounding area where you can be like, oh yeah, we'll go up to Green Bay and see a game. Blah blah blah. It's something you can do. If you're an outsider who's never been to Lambeau, and yeah, it's not a football game. I understand. It's like there's only eight of them, and hopefully, maybe nine or ten if they go deep in the playoffs. But um, the fact that obviously they're going to have a lot of events, and they they're one of the big things that they are hitting home very early on in this process is that it's going to honor. Green Bay, the history of the team and stuff like that. And if there's one thing that the Packers do better than anyone in this state of the three big teams, uh, it's honoring their history.
2: Well, and, and, and to be fair, they're, they have, the, his, they have double the age of the, of the oldest franchise in the city. It's very true,
1: <laughs> very true, but it's still, they do it in a, a way that is very manning towards the other two. Um, but if you're an outsider and you're like, hey, I have always wanted to go to Green Bay. I've always wanted to see Lambeau Field. And you go have the ability to go see the draft, see Green Bay. Um, going through the Hall of Fame is like amazing. It's really, it's one of those things where I could go all, you know, more than once. Yeah, Just because there's so many, it's just jam-packed with lore and history and just, it's Well crafted, well made, all that stuff. So I think that that's going to be very exciting for me. Is just like I understand a lot of the questions about like logistics and how this is actually going to work. You know, what if it snows? What if it's cold? All that stuff.
2: The uh, Matt Schneeban from the Athletic tweeted this afternoon, Wednesday afternoon. um, He he said, "Quote: It dumps snow on May one in Green Bay this year." Mark Murphy said he discussed the possibility of it snowing for the draft here in 2025 with Peter O'Reilly from the NFL League office. O'Reilly's response, per Murphy, quote, that would be great. Like, I don't think the NFL is afraid of just, like, showcasing Green Bay and saying, Yeah, it'll be cold. Like, if it's cold on May 1, it's cold on May 1. But yeah. imagine it does, like, snow like that. Like, that'd be kind of, like, it'd be cool. It'd be authentic. It'd be, yes, that, that that is the right word. It'd be authentic. Yep. It wouldn't be... Vegas, or it wouldn't be Kansas City. It wouldn't be anything like that. It would just be Green Bay, Frozen Tundra, in May.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, question for you. Okay. Because I feel like when we talk about him, it's a very... There's the on-field performance of the team. But when it comes to stuff like this, and his role as president of the Packers, you know who I'm talking about now. Yep. Yeah. Um by I'm gonna to have to read this really quick. Um this is essentially gonna be Mark Murphy's last hurrah as Packers president because he's gonna hit the team mandated um age seventy retirement. Yeah. Yes.
2: Yep, he turns his seven. last
1: day, his last day will be on July thirteenth, twenty twenty five. So that Which is his his roughly Oh it is oh. <laughs>
2: <laughs> so it's like, hey, we got
1: you a card it says happy retirement. You gotta get out of here. Yeah. You gotta vacate the premises.
2: Yep. The uh the Packers say like their bylaws say that the CEO cannot be older than seventy years old. They have they have to retire. So go on with your question. God,
1: if I'm only a we did
2: them. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry.
1: Um what does this? What does this mean for? I, it feels weird to ask that question about legacy for before it actually happens, but it is a bigger deal when it's the Packers and stuff like that. But do you have any thoughts on Mark Murphy's efforts and to you know put the Packers in the best uh, position forward
2: as he will end his tenure not long after that. So. Mark Murphy succeeded Bob Harlan as Packers CEO. Bob Harlan, notably the CEO and president of the Packers that took the Packers out of the the doldrums and made them into a respectable franchise once again and was really uh, influential and the mastermind behind creating um, Green Bay as sort of the place to be as a football fan. Um, Mm I'm going to steal the phrase because I'm thinking of it. Um, Zach Kruse mentioning calling it the mecca of football, which is, excuse me, very appropriate, given that I've told multiple people that aren't fans of the Packers or are just packer f- or just football fans in general, whether it be the Vikings, any other team, Eagles, whatever. People's fans I know of that like just are football fans that you have to go to Green Bay at least once and see a game at Lambeau Field. Like it's just c- cool to take it all in. See the 60-foot Lombardi trophy they have outside the atrium. See the statues of Lombardi and Curly Lambeau. And just take in what is the history of the game. And probably the best history of the game you can probably get outside of Canton. And so... um, That's kudos to Bob Harlan to really starting to kick this off. As I mentioned, he took over for Bob Harlan in 2007. Since then, probably what fourteen no, it'll be eighteen years of reign, I'll say, of leadership under Mark Murphy, and a pretty good stretch of Packers football, if we do say do say so ourselves under that time. Mm-hmm. But we touched I touched on it earlier. The amount of development that has went into that part of Green Bay has been simply unheralded. There's been so many updates to um lambo itself obviously bob harlan was sort of the um director and the leader behind the whole addition of the atrium in the early 2000s but that doesn't mean there wasn't so much added to lambo field itself like i think in 2011 they held the stock sale that um added on to the south end zone that added the big huge new scoreboard added like 10 15 thousand seats and kind of started the expansion of Lambeau Field's footprint, quote-unquote. That was the town District that was buying up all the houses like the one I used to live in to expand for on-site parking and other amenities that they want to do there at Lambeau. And just making it, like you said, a destination for people to come and visit. So off on-the-field stuff aside, there's really no way you can call mark murphy's tenure as a president and ceo a failure he helped continue to build the legacy that bob harlan started of the packers into what it is today and what it's projected to to become because the draft isn't going to hinder this growth at all if anything it's going to spur it and have opportunity for more development to come along like i think one of the coolest things and this isn't anything the packers have done but if when you go um down Lombardi Avenue there's 10 15 houses it's basically the block it's 1200 block of Lombardi Avenue but the but the north side of it that is in Lambeau Field and it's okay. it's all the houses you see on the primetime football games yeah it's all of those when I was a kid those were those were there they were just houses and there was one house one house that had the fence painted that had some sort of inspirational message or some sort of Packers pun. It was one. And now it's like six or seven. They've painted it like a mural or they have um, like wooden feet, not figurines, wooden cutouts of pa- players painted and making like all star catches or things like that. Like it's really just building that community from a fan standpoint that has really just kind of drives home what green Bay is. It's not, dallas it's not chicago it's not la when it comes to a sports city it's something unique in that it's level field before the all the renovations was dropped right in the middle of a neighborhood and it before that in the 60s it was right in the middle of a farm field like it was it's something unique in that it's been this like, like we said before this mecca of football for the last 100 years and it's kind of drawn back a little bit now that they have so much parking like right on site but parking cars and on yards and driveways still exists like that's going to happen and it's going to be cool to for people to see like you can see it on tv for maybe 10-15 seconds as they do promos but to kind of walk around and get the vibe of what tailgating is and what tailgating actually is not in a parking lot but it's in somebody's yard they've got a tent with porta potties and they bring in the whole nine yards it's really cool. It's something special. Like I did it as a kid. Not I did it. But my family did it when I was a kid when we lived on that in that house, or that duplex. And it's just cool. It's community. It's something that you don't really see that much anymore outside of fandoms. And this is like, fandom to the nth degree when you get a nice fall Wisconsin day. And for those of you that don't know, fall Wisconsin, pretty great. Yeah. <laughs> it's just an awesome time to be out there tailgating and really experiencing the the vibe and just the general happiness that comes with the Packers football Sunday when it's nice out and you can tailgate, pop down a grill and carry a cheer on the Packers.
1: Yeah, I mean I agree with you completely. Um, Bob Harlan had some pretty big shoes to fill, and Mark Murphy uh, waded in some waters and
2: right away when he took over as president yeah. um that was like and, that was the the first that was the last rogers or Favre season mm-hmm. like that's and they traded him the next year <laughs> the next off season yeah he he's been around the block
1: uh say it mildly but in terms of like I think your point, and I, again, I can't compare to actually living in the city or and stuff like that, but the commercial elements of the surrounding area and all the things that have really spurred over the last, not to, it's coincided with Mark Murphy's presidency. Right. Um, It's been crazy. And especially as a kid that I remember going to, training camp and staying at a best western i don't think exists anywhere or there anymore um and how far different it was but you didn't think anything of it because it was just what it it was It 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 was what existed to you so it's like oh that's how it is everywhere it's like no that is not how it exists everywhere it it is a lot more scattered and obviously going to Packer games has been vastly different since they've done a lot of the Renovations and construction, and all that stuff, but it's that to me is like everything around the area, and to really hone in on this is Wisconsin's team and all this stuff, but it's mainly Green Bay's team, mm-hmm. which again, thirty years ago, it was they're playing games in Milwaukee. Yeah, you know what I mean that wasn't even their biggest. Talk. Like that, it's a big, it's a big ask of of and a long tail of like. How long the city has really stepped up for the team, even when, you know, fans weren't selling out or wasn't like it is now. Um, So, yeah, I think that's where it's like. We can talk about, you know, how the performance on the field and stuff like this, but like this is going to be an event
2: remembered for a very long time. Yeah, and it'll it'll be a watershed moment for the Packers in the city.
1: Absolutely. I don't yeah, I don't know how they could take it any other way, especially, you know, just given all the stakes and stuff around it. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, like if it goes incredibly well, it probably won't be the first the last time that they host it either. Yes. Yeah. That's that's good enough yeah. to kind of keep it going. But I think too, I think just the timing, I remember again coming out of COVID and stuff like that, and how Big of a thing it was when, they you know, fans couldn't go to games.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And I remember Mark Mark Mike Holmgren, who I believe still lives in Green Bay in some capacity. I don't I don't know, I don't um, specifics.
2: Think so, but I don't know for sure. No.
1: Uh, well, anyway, I don't like, I don't about like how...
2: McCarthy had ties to Green Bay before he left. Like that I mean, is true. Before, yes. he, before he got fired, he like had his roots in Green Bay, so like he yep. still had ties. And I think his
1: way. wife was something it was something like that yeah. no kid, that was pittsburgh
2: yeah his kids were like were enrolled in high school in green bay
1: yeah and he so, caught uh you know yelled at a ref Yeah. um anyway <laughs> mike holgren he um uh, mentioned something about just the devastating effect they had on businesses because mm-hmm. you know yeah it's one thing to have you can't have fans at the stadiums that also means you can't have fans at bars and Breweries, blah, blah 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 and so yeah. on and so on. So to have this come out, you know, this it's gonna be nearly five years after just the horrible year that was twenty twenty. Yep. That is like that is really big on that community. And it's you know, I my hat is tipped towards uh, everybody in Green Bay and everything like that.
2: Yeah, it's gonna be really cool. It's gonna be really cool, it's gonna be important for the city. And um, I think there was a couple more things that we had that we had talked about um, just in our DMs about it. Oh, the Packers are looking at getting Amtrak to come up to Green Bay to get the shuttle people in, essentially. So that'll be good. Um, they looked at having cruise ships come in, which is really cool. That'd be really, really cool. I don't know where they dock. Probably somewhere over near Bay Beach, under the Tower Drive Bridge. And Gotta be. Somewhere over there, but... Tower drives tall. You can fit big sh- big cruise letters under it. Like it's big enough for the freighters, which is why Green Bay is as big as it is in the first place. Is because it's a shipping town for yeah. all intents and purposes. So, um, they also looked at bringing Uber and Lyft in to expand their their footprint there for the for the draft as well. But I think what's like still just cool about the Packers and its relationship with Green Bay in the first place is that the Packers legacy isn't 1265 Lombardi Avenue. Yeah. It's, it's got its tentacles. Like you were to say, or to say earlier across all of the city, you can go over to near Hagermeister park on the west or on the east side of town and see um, a couple of important monuments over there for the Packers where they've built little statues and memorials and things like that. Like you can kind of, take the city tour and kind of find places where there's been important moments for the Packers all over the place. And then
1: allows you, you to about the heritage trail. Is that what it is? Right. Um, or is it separate to this, to the Packers s- themselves?
2: I think it's different. Okay. Different. I'm talking over on the East side by Hagermeister park. It's, um, it's really like they have the statue of all like the, the people, like all the fans, the band playing like they, they show that on primetime once in a while too, but I forget what it's called, but it's over there. And like, it's you can go over to East High School and be sort of right near where the original county stadium was for the Packers. And like, they, they didn't always play at Lambo, they played yeah. over on the east side. And like, there, there's history just all over the city tied to the Packers, and it's, it's, it's just cool. It's, it's just cool. So, um, and anything else that we haven't touched on we talked about the 94 million and economic impact 94 million on the state um 20 million locally um they expect 250,000 people that's, they, i think
1: that's, oh yeah that was that was yeah uh 300,000 in Kansas City for the drought this year yeah um 250,000 people, that's a lot of people.
2: It's as big as Green Bay is now. The city's going to double in people. Double in size. Oh, man. The, like that's This this reaction we're having is why the Super Bowl isn't coming to Green Bay. <laughs> yeah. Yes. <laughs> which is fine, which is all well and good. It's just like... it's It'll be cool, and I think it'll be an experience. It'll probably be shoulder to shoulder, but it'll be cool. It'll be cool. Um... Let's try to make sure we're not, we're not skipping anything before we move on. I don't think so. You have anything else to say?
1: No, I'm looking, for, looking forward to it. That's all I can say. Yeah. Uh No, no dates yet, obviously. No, end of April. End of April, Ish. early May, whatever it is, yeah. whatever, whatever, whatever weekend, weekend that is. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm very excited. I, I think it's gonna be fun.
0: Awesome.
2: Let's do it. OTAs this week. Um, a lot of the Packers, second stringers, and some of the starters that needed some work um, at coming off of last year back in Green Bay, doing just walkthroughs, nothing too too strenuous. A lot of just shorts and t-shirts or jerseys rather than pads. No pads, essentially, obviously. Um couple of notes before we talk about individual performances. Nothing too big individually, but um, the Packers cut their kicker, Parker White, Leaving Anders Carlson as the only kicker on the 90-man roster. So, I was kind of talked about last week. Not so much about Mason Crosby coming back, but we'll see. I'm I I would be surprised if they didn't have some sort of kicking competition in training camp. Like somebody gets hurt, and instead of bringing in a death piece, they see if, a kicker. Especially, I mean, he's a he's a rookie kicker. Like no competition would be crazy, right? Crazy.
1: No, yeah, that would that would be pretty crazy. I mean, they had key competitions with Mason Crosby. And it wasn't just Parker White. It was, what's his name? I'm to, I was going to say it the other way because i mixed mix him up with the actor in The Sound of Metal or The Night of Riz Ahmed. Um, <laughs> just with his name. Um, yeah, I think that would be pretty crazy. And plus, too, I mean, we saw a lot of, Changes already to the ninety-man roster the last couple of days, so yep. it's always very fluid. So I would not. It'd be very surprised to see Anders Carlson, um, not not,
2: having, not like, pressured.
1: Yeah, right. But all. The, but that said, all
2: Anders, all the time, right? <laughs> sure, I have absolutely zero <laughs> idea what you are talking about. I don't but, know. but I'll. But I'll roll with you. I'll roll with you. Um. <laughs> The Packers also implemented... or Not the Packers. The NFL implemented new rules for the kickoff. Mm. Excuse me. Any fair catch is going to be brought to 25. doesn't matter if it's in the end zone or at the 24-yard line or at the 1-yard line. A fair catch comes out to the 25 on a kickoff. Um, I guess, what is your initial feelings on that? Just briefly. We don't need to talk. We don't need to go into it. I just... I'm flummoxed.
1: Can you do a fair catch on a kickoff? Yeah,
2: yeah. But it's just usually you don't because because you you, they're 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 starting from the thirty-five. Like a fair catch at the ten isn't going to do. Like, rarely are you actually getting tackled at the ten-yard line when you catch a, a ball on a kickoff. Yeah, like it's not like a punt where there's hang time. Usually kickoffs are pretty straight and you have an opportunity to get maybe six seven more yards as opposed to a punt where you can have a punt that's really high and have a no chance to get to get the gunners down.
1: It's a lot more common in punts and therefore a bigger deal like yeah I would really wonder how often someone fair caught on a kickoff. How often this happens yeah yeah yeah. It's... Um it is what it is. I, I I
2: again with that in mind, I'm not I'm nonplussed. plused yeah. by this development. Neither is Keyshawn Nixon. He, he was undeterred uh by the new kickoff rules, um, and talked about how he wanted to be all pro on defense um by honing in his abilities as a slot corner as well as special teams, and the floor winked at him um when pressed over whether he could see snaps on offense. Um Worth noting that in OTAs, I got to find my tweet here that um, Ryan Wood on Tuesday talked about uh, this. I'll I'll just read the tweet. Uh, Damn good coverage by Keisha Nixon down the right side against Christian Watson. Use a sideline to pin the bigger wide receiver, preventing Watson from catching Jordan Love's pass. Can see why the Packers are intrigued with Nixon in the slot, um, competing every rep. So maybe not the option at safety. But for sure, that nickel or dime corner that they can really rely on to to hopefully be better this year than he was last year. But if you're keeping pace with Christian Watson, you got some sort of talent, right? (laughs) Yeah,
1: I would say so. Um, Yeah, I'm very excited with Keyshawn Nixon. He's already an exciting player to be with because he just has that amazing impact. He also talked about how... Uh, last year was nothing. It wasn't nothing, but you said something about he wasn't long lines at, at like his best. He was, yeah, he was at his best, which is like crazy because you literally were the MVP of the Packers special season. teams. Yeah. Um, no, not even special teams. I...
2: Okay, well, we won't go into it. Go ahead. Um, but clearly, confidence
1: player. Um, I am very intrigued by him being used in like this like Shohei Hotani is the he's not that yet. Right. <laughs> but just be using so many different ways of like he's gonna play slot, um, and they'll be they're gonna need that even more so and so many other things going on with the secondary, but like special teams impact. I don't know, just have him on the field, he makes plays, that's what it is. Mm-hmm.
2: Look at you segueing into Eric Stokes. <laughs> um, it came out at the this press conference during OTA this week that Eric Stokes um, ha- revealed that he had torn his meniscus and suffered a Liz Franck injury, which is in your foot, and had injury on both at the same time last November when he injured them against the Lions. Um, the Liz Franck injury required a plate and two screws uh, to repair it, and he couldn't walk until mid-January and was just cleared to run less than a month ago. Um, No timeline set for his return, but they aren't ruling out being ready um, at some point during training camp. I don't think he'll be ready for training camp. That's like running what beginning of May. That's a lot of conditioning. That's a lot of conditioning that needs to get redone and get like conditioning aside, just like in the purest form of conditioning, just being healthy enough and in shape enough to play 70 snaps in an NFL game. The Flip side of that is being conditioned enough to cover an NFL wide receiver in in a game for for those seventy snaps, and I think it's gonna take a while. I I would more expect him to be ready middle of the season, but I think that's where Keyshawn Dixon will be important. Is that if Eric Stokes does miss a significant amount of this of the season, which I am am anticipating he will, very important that he kind of steps up and is that hopefully lockdown corner that they can have at the slot uh, position. Yeah,
1: that was my ultimate takeaway. We talked about last week and just how we still really didn't know what he right. suffered. There was some speculation. I think he was talking about how, um, it, how obviously much of a journey he had gone on. Um, Yeah. Those two injuries are not great. No. <laughs> uh, no and it's certainly not good. No, and it added to just, like, how confusing it was and just how horrific of an injury you suffered and just how that was handled. Not that it falls on the Packers' head or anything like that, but, like, that's going to take a lot to come back from. And to your point, like, we always talk about getting ready. There's two parts of it. Someone gets hurt. It's always about rehabbing getting to the point where they're fully healthy mm-hmm. and that they can play a full game or a majority of snaps in the game. Mm-hmm. It's another thing to get to that point and then, okay, how ready are you going to be when you're playing those games and giving maximum effort, being a cornerback especially, just puts a limit on your body and your athletic abilities, a all lot, that
2: stuff. A lot of lower lower body movement. Exactly,
1: hips turning, bell, just
2: hips turning, like exploding out of your knee, like this. The way your feet move, backpedaling, and um, I forget what the the leg movement is called. I like I I don't know what it's called. Basically, when you go front leg in front of one leg, then the you know, oh yeah yeah that that I movement, know exactly yeah like that's hard on your feet because you're so on you're on the the balls of your feet, right? The yeah the balls of your feet, yep. the, front, the front part of your feet. Yep. that's where well, your Liz, if I'm not mistaken, your Liz Frank goes over the arch of your foot, doesn't it? I think so. Yeah. We need we need Rohan.
1: We need Rohan. <laughs> <laughs> I think so. Then we learn that it's not.
2: But got to Google it. Um, yeah. I
1: mean, I think we were already kind of conditioned to kind of like, well, this could be a lengthier process than, you know, just um, Stokes coming back. Can you wax face?
2: It tells me. Then we might be wrong. No, we're right. It's but it's like I never had seen like the pictures of the bone of your foot. I don't like it. It gives me the ick. Gives you the ick. Yeah, but yes, it what is. is like- it's basically well, no, like I didn't. We're not going into anatomy. It is. It's basically the ligament <laughs> between your big toe and your middle toe, but like in the middle of your foot, because like you have like, oh, you have okay. the three small bones in your toes, then you have the long one in the middle of your feet. It's where, those the big toe and the second toe meet in the middle of your foot. It's the ligament that connects oh. those two. Okay.
1: Um. Yeah. What was this? Or <laughs> so basically, we were expecting Stokes to not be ready by the start of the season in yeah. some kind of capacity of whether. Yeah, he's practicing. He's ready, but he's not game ready. Kind yeah. Of thing. I like and
2: Bakhtiari esque frankly.
1: Yeah, I was gonna say, given how the Packers' medical staff is largely been with significant injuries. Um it's definitely gonna drag into the season and all that stuff. So it's good that they have Russell Douglas, Jair Alexander, and they're really, really trying to um Mixing Keisha Keishon Ke- exactly. Um so yeah, I'm very intrigued by that.
2: Um but they also be... also drafted Carrington Valley- Valentine out of Kentucky in the seventh. That's round. right, seventh rounder. We talked about it in our draft pod and I'm not going to say that I was right because it's, we were just guessing anyways, but when we tried to mock our second and third round picks for, for defense, if they're taking defensive players there, I'm pretty sure I, I think you might touch on it too, mentioned that it might've not been a bad idea depending on who was there to draft a cornerback. If, Eric Stokes' injury was as bad as it was. Yep. Like I think I had, like, Keeley Ringo as one of their targets. Yes. You yes, you did. As, like, if Eric Stokes' injury is bad, it might not be a bad idea to take a swing on a quarterback early, if it's as bad as it is, considering we had no information on it. And it's kind of as bad as we think it was. Like, a, these are two significant injuries that...
1: Honestly, I would say it's probably worse than, yeah. like, a torn ACL or yeah, you know I mean, like it not that
2: walking is until like, January is bad.
1: Yeah, because like, that was week nine. That was what? No, it was early week. November.
2: Yeah, so Let's skip two months, two and a <laughs> half months. I'm just not walking on. Is is tough. So we'll see. We hope the best for Eric Stokes. Obviously, he was having a rough year to start last year, but that doesn't mean he wasn't good the year before that. Yeah, and I think, frankly, they need him. Um, same like it's not deep at DB for the Packers. It's like Jair and Razul are, are the guys. As soon as you start dipping into Keyshawn Nixon and the outside, you're going to be looking rough as all respect to Keishon Nixon deserves. At this point, he's still a slot corner, which is the f- usually, the the, usually the fifth sec- uh, secondary player when it comes there. And then dime is the sixth. So he's still that fringe, player. He's not the four, he's not in the top four of the secondary. He's solidly five.
1: Yeah, I'm looking at the other uh cornerbacks on this list. Um, we're talking Corey Valentine, uh Shamar, John Charles is still on the team.
2: Corey Valentine, like not the guy they just drafted. That's they have two Valentines now. They
1: have Valentine, and now they have Val- Car- Carrington Valentine. Got it. I, mis- I
2: misheard you. My apologies.
1: Uh, Keandre Thomas, I think is a ninety man guy. Who knows if he actually raised really sticks with the team? but still, yeah,
2: he was a draft pick last year, wasn't he? Uh,
1: Maybe I forget. But he was undrafted. I got it.
2: Okay. So, well, no, no, I not I was, you know. I got it. Uh,
1: um, but to your point, it gets thin. Very fast,
2: yeah, and and, in the in the secondary, overall, yeah, and yeah, exactly. It's not like the secondary was like amazing last year, anyways. So we kind of just need the Packers need to have that locked down and hopefully stay healthy throughout the year, and then get Eric Stokes back, and he shallow of some sort of miracle or short of some sort of miracle is right back to a starting caliber DB right away.
1: Honestly, I I probably want to go this far. No, it depending on how long it takes Eric Stokes to really get up to game speed and all that stuff. I wouldn't be surprised if like the Packers are like tied to like range of quarterbacks that are still out in the market and yeah. Yeah, you know I mean, Anybody I, I'm gets not cut, ex-
2: anything like that. Yeah,
1: I'm not expecting like a Razul thing because that was found money and stuff like that don't know haystack yeah yeah but i don't know that that it, again just nature of the circumstances the depth behind stokes and you don't w- really want to put Keyshawn nixon that spot unless he takes it for all it's worth but um yeah will be a very interesting amount of sure the secondary on top of everything else like
2: safety or whatever the want to do right I'm just trying to go through and see who's available for any sort of cornerback um, play. Um, Byron Jones is available. So just a name. Marcus Peters is available. Casey Hayward's still still out there. Really? Um, he's 33, but he's still available. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, Eli Apple is <laughs> still available. Yeah. <laughs> So there's, there's not a lack of names like there was for backup quarterbacks we talked about earlier in the offseason. Or even so, safety. Yeah, to that safety too. But there, there's people available. We could bring back Josh Jackson. He's still out there. Played, Isaac Yadam? For, or played played Yadam? For, uh Arizona last year. Who was that? Uh, the guy that they traded Josh Jackson
1: for uh, they, from the Giants. Gotcha. Isaac Yadam or whatever his name was. Gotcha.
2: Um. Yeah, so th- there's options. Kyle Fuller is available. Um, played for Baltimore last year, so there's there's options available. We'll see. So I think I don't think they go into the season with like Jair Razul, Keyshawn, uh Honestly, like I think they'll probably bring in somebody else with whatever cap they have just to see. That's also kind of what they got to navigate to. Is they're kind of capped out with the last year of the yeah. Rodgers contract. So, um. Probably worth mentioning who was available at uh, OTA's um, roll call. People not present. This is according to Rob Domboski. Uh, Dale Levitt, Jair Alexander, Russell Douglas, Jonathan Garvin, David Bakhtiari, Elton Jenkins, and Preston Smith. Um, but Levitt, Bakhtiari, Jenkins, and Preston Smith have been um, in town for most of the offseason, for what it's worth. Um, there, but not practicing ra- or rehabbing but are or limited, was Eric Stokes, uh, Lou Nichols, the rookie running back. Jake Hansen, John DeLance, and Grant Du Bois. Um, and Rashawn Gary did some jog through on 11 on 11. So that's a good development. That's part wow. of the bad Eric Stokes news. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so, yeah, Rashawn Gary is an animal. He is, in fact, that dude. <laughs> um. Anything else that we haven't touched on? I think I guess you want to go through a little bit of what you saw on Twitter. If you did say anything, I guess like, I saw a little bit about OTA performances.
1: I didn't actually any very very little of so, OTA performances. So I'll just kind of have
2: it summarize what I saw. Um, Jordan Love was streaky to begin with, but that's it's OTAs. I'm not too concerned. Um, he had a pretty poor first half of red zone drills, like dismissing throws. I think at one point he was like 3 for 12 or something. Um, and then when they broke up and then went back for a second round of um, red zone drills, he did a lot better. Had a, had a touchdown on a nice pass, I think, to A.J. Dillon um, in the end zone. A couple of drops that didn't help him either. Um, Dontavian Wicks was wowing some people with his pass um, with his catches from Danny Etling with the twos. So... Might be worth keeping an eye on him when training camps through how how he goes. Um I guess Samare Touré did pretty well, is pretty good as well for what it's mm. worth. So, um, I think the biggest. I think this is in Bill Huber's roundup. I can find the tab. Um, the player of the day for Tuesday was uh Lucas Venice, and um. I'm trying to find. This is from Coach the Floor on him. "Quote: I think he's done a nice job, and certainly you can see the skill set that he possesses. He's a big, strong, fast guy. He's a worker. And that's all you can ask for. We're going to keep putting more on his plate and see what he can handle and see how he adapts and learns the speed and the techniques you've got to use at this level. So basically, he was drafted to be an explosive player, and he was showing off his explosiveness in OTAs, which is exactly what you want to see. Yep. Yeah. Perfect. Very encouraging." Yeah. Anything else? That was really that all I all I had for for is Just that Jordan Love is developing as a rookie quarterback should, and the other rookies were doing well. I saw some good um, Jaden Reed stuff. He had a fumble with an interesting coaching moment. Um, Matt Lafleur told him not to jump on the ball in practice, just like leave it alone. He like he he caught the ball, was running, then left the ball behind. Just flat out drop the like drop the ball while he was running, and. like he went like he dove on it and practice to recover it and coach of floor told him hey they just don't don't do that because it's practice
1: (laughs) oh okay i was like that Uh, makes a lot more sense (laughs) (laughs) Whatever i was practice they don't
2: want him getting getting hurt because he's one small two a rookie three important to their passing game four it's may (laughs) yeah Um, luke musgrave had a couple nice catches um from what I saw on Twitter as well, so they're playing football. I'm excited.
1: They are playing football. <laughs> <laughs> well,
2: it, it's just like it's getting close, right? No, it, exactly. Yeah,
1: it is. It's, we're
2: it's May twenty fourth. Soon enough, it'll be June. Soon enough, it'll be July. Then still be on the training camp.
1: Two and a half months from the first preseason game.
2: It'll, it'll come up quick. It'll it seems so far, but it'll come up quick. Yeah. So, all right, Jordan. Anything else? To touch on i think we covered our bases covered the bases i think we're done I don't know that's what, me i don't know what that was
1: <laughs> that's me doing like the you know like the clip
2: oh the, yeah the marker for syncing up audio and the the visual for a... roll sound and then see see action see you did so that's that's the right way to do it you went <laughs> like it's supposed to be pivoting you went like this Up like full, up and down. Like, um, I I forget is that is that uh, it's not Zohan the old Adam Sandler movie. I think it's it's something. It is Zohan, isn't it? I I think it's either that or that dumb Mike Myers movie. movie. Oh oh, love 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 guru. guru. Yeah no, (laughs) doers doers. My my car is Zoltan. Zoltan. That's (laughs) they put their thumbs together make a Z. Yeah.
1: No, yeah, that is definitely Love Guru or, like, I Dream of genie or whatever.
2: Oh, it That's is the, the genie.
1: Rest. Where he puts something and he nods.
2: Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. But I'm doing something else. I'm just like, yeah, it's just like, beep. <laughs> 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 All right, we're off the rails. Yep. Um, <laughs> promo time. Um, as always, go check out Repod. Join Repod.com slash talk of the Tundra. You can go listen to pods natively there talk with the community about the packers bucks spurs and pop culture would big time for this any sort of topic of podcast you want to check out they have it over there on repod so we love it wish you guys would go check it out as well Pre- would appreciate it if you did um gspn side you can always check out all of the pods and all of the um write-ups on Substack on gspn.info um Bucks-wise, Jordan, or I guess, well, I'll get you to your post in a a minute, but Bucks-wise, the Eurostep boys, Rohan and Ty, touched on the Bucks coaching search on Monday, and then it was very quickly put out of date by the report that the Bucks had narrowed down their search to Adrian Griffin, Nick Nurse, and Kenny Atkinson. Um, with other reports coming out that they should be making their decisions sometime this week. To make that podcast go back into relevancy, Adam and Ty hopped on an emergency pod, and that is in the Bucks feed as well, to talk about that report. So go check out the Bucks feed for all things Milwaukee Bucks. Um, Adam and Andrew Snyder will have a Cruising for a Bruising episode up this morning as you're listening to this because you're such a low listener. And you are subscribed, and you have already rated five stars. Um, But they'll talk about the series win over the defending World Series champion, Houston Astros. Um, After getting absolutely trounced on Monday, the (laughs) Brewers aces, -aces, co-aces, I should say, Adrian Hauser and Colin Ray, shut out the Astros in two straight starts. So, plus to go with a bullpen that has found its footing after stumbling a little bit. So, go check out the Cruising for a episode for all things Brewers. Make time for this. Me and Adam and a little bit of Andrew Snyder. Me and Adam kind of drowned out Andrew for two and a half hours to talk about the latest Succession pod as the series finale is this Sunday. So go to check out Succession. And I believe it's coming up soon. Possibly today as you're listening to this or sometime later this week or Monday. Mm. Um, they will be releasing, releasing another episode don't quote me on it, even though it's a recorded podcast. I think on the Joaquin Phoenix movie, "Bo is Afraid." I'm like, yes, ninety five percent sure that that's what their episode they're recording. You're correct. Is. I believe you're correct. So, go check out that. Um, and then Jordan, you uh, dipped the pen a little bit, little beep beep, and wrote about the new uh, football soccer venture in Milwaukee and their name search. hmm It's ongoing. Daily
1: um matchups. It's a bracket style tournament. Um and uh yeah, just talking about the the fun that's being had of trying to uh find a name for the team and why it will ultimately mean a lot more than that when all is said and done. But yeah, a lot of fun checking in every day. I believe it's like usually like ten uh AM every day that they release the next four names and then get through and on and on on with the process and stuff like that. But yeah, very fun. Very fun.
2: What is your favorite name? So,
1: so far. Ooh, good question.
2: Do you want me to go through them quick? I think I know all of them, but for the listener, for the listeners. Yeah. So on Monday, this has been going on daily. Um, the, Matchup was the Milwaukee Tallboys versus the Milwaukee Confluence. And the Milwaukee Barons versus the Milwaukee Cheese. Tuesday, it was the Lake Effect versus the Milwaukee Wings. Uh, then Milwaukee Alliance versus the Milwaukee Masons. And then today was the Milwaukee Union versus the Milwaukee Brigade. And then the Milwaukee Ride versus Future Milwaukee. So there, those are the the six matchups that have been going on right now. And Jordan, what is your favorite name so far?
1: I'd probably go Barons. I go Barons. Um, in part because of the reasons of there's a supporters group called the Milwaukee Barons. They wanted a team. Be a nice little tribute of fan organized effort to bring a soccer team, pro soccer team, to the city and all that stuff. So, I do like. I like. Lake Effects, I do like Milwaukee Union too, but I think Milwaukee Barons. what, what is yours? What is I am
2: yours? firmly team Tallboys. I knew you would. Milwaukee be. It Boys is a good is name. It is a good name. It's a good name. Like it, it, it's just a fun name. Like they could have a lot of fun with it. Yeah. Plus like most soccer players are short, so that'd be just like a fun little
1: Like juxtaposition.
2: Yeah. Yeah, you're really talking about like the defenders, if anything,
1: because 'cause they're just like Yeah. Land and be like, okay, you just have to get in the way. Exactly.
2: <laughs> so yeah, I'm, I'm Team Tallboys, but hoping that they have a couple of other better names um, that come through. So it'll be good. The, uh, the this to give them some love. They have uh, they announced today that um, they're having a couple surprises into their name contest, and they'll pick two suggestions from the tweet replies. But they did like also like Facebook ones, and they both. <laughs> <laughs> they posted a screenshot that just said, "Opens Facebook, closes Facebook," and the one of the suggested team that names one, is, right? "Yeah, the Packers that can't use the ha- can't use their hands." <laughs> Teamy McTeamface, the Milwaukee Cannibals. That's a dark one, critically nice. critically dark one. Really wish I had I had read that one, but no, not great. The Milwaukee Bubblers. That'd be a funny one because obviously, so. Anything else we missed? I think that's it for pods and GSP stuff. Oh, Eugene wrote something. What did yes. Eugene wrote something on? The
1: Bucks not playing for a very long time. <laughs> that's what it was. The conceit of the article was that. Um, yeah, check out the sub stack for that. Also, Adam and I are rec- tentatively recording tomorrow, but we're also on lockdown of, like, are they going to actually have a coach hire within the next 24 to 48 hours? We yeah. don't know. Um, that It's kind of those days now with given uh, you know, how the search has progressed very fast. Just after... one of those days. You want to break stuff! <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
2: that's very <right. laughs> that's it folks we are signing off for the week you'll hear back from us again soon thank you so much for listening we appreciate all of you guys and jordan thank you
1: thank you